Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast, which is entitled, Does the New Covenant Provide Physical Healing? Part 1, The Inescapable Logic of Isaiah 53. What does the Bible have to say about physical healing? Jesus healed many during his earthly ministry, as did the first apostles. I have personally witnessed people receive healings from God through prayer, including myself. I know evangelists who preach the gospel to huge crowds in other countries, where the Holy Spirit often heals and sets people free as a testimony to the truth of their message. Why is it? that some churches teach that physical healing is available in Christ, while others insist that since the completion of the New Testament scriptures, the gifts of the Spirit, including healing, are no longer active. Is God still healing people today, or has he backed off from the way he began the church age? In this series, I will examine whether or not Jesus purchased healing for his people through his death and resurrection, whether healing is for today, why we don't see more current examples of this gift in operation, and the difference between true faith and what I call magical thinking. Sadly, we Christians, especially teachers of the Bible, often dilute the Word of God to correspond to our own experience. We make excuses for what is not part of our lives. This is called isogesis, the process whereby we read into the Bible what we want it to say instead of pulling out its true meaning and conforming our thinking to that. The idea is that Our thinking and behavior should match God's word, not the other way around. It may be very difficult for us to admit that we're not experiencing all that God has provided for us because we are afraid to think about what that says about us. It is also not easy to, excuse me, it is also easy to fall prey to the influence of church tradition. It may seem easier to deny that healings are for today than to struggle with why we are not experiencing them. What does the Bible really say? Isaiah 53 is the foundation for any understanding of physical healing. Let us begin by looking at two verses from that chapter. But first... Let's be honest in admitting that we all bring to the Bible a few, or maybe a lot, of preconceptions and biases. This is also true for those who translate the scriptures from the original languages. Those translators who do not believe that physical healing is for today will likely reflect that belief in the words they choose to convey the meaning of the Hebrew. Regrettably, that has been especially true of this chapter in which some key words usually are not translated according to their most natural meaning. Below, I quote from the New English translation because it is very literal and 
seems to have less translator's bias than some other versions. I put the Hebrew words inside the parentheses. And I quote, this is from Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. But he lifted, and this is the Hebrew, Hebrew word nasah, he lifted up our illnesses, illnesses is the Hebrew word koli, and he carried, sabal, our pain, makob. Even though we thought he was being punished, attacked by God, and afflicted for something he had done, he was wounded because of our rebellious deeds, crushed because of our sins. He endured punishment that made us well. Because of his wounds, we have been healed. That's again, is from the New English Translation. For us to properly understand how Jesus provided healing for us through what he suffered, we need to pay close attention to the above four highlighted Hebrew words, nasa, this verb means to bear or carry, sabal, this verb means to carry a heavy load, koli, this noun fundamentally means sickness, makob, this noun translates best as pain. Isaiah 53.4 says that he, Jesus, lifted up or bore, nasa, our sicknesses or illnesses, koli. The same verse also says that Jesus carried, sabal, our pain, makob. The New English translation translates this in a most natural manner. In other words, it says it as the Hebrew says it. You may wish to read other translations to see how they use the same words. Now, let's look at how these same two Hebrew words are used with reference to sin. The core of the gospel hinges upon Jesus being our sin offering as the Lamb of God, John 1.29, which completely satisfied the wrath of God and provided forgiveness and reconciliation to those who trust in Christ. If he did not carry our sin on the cross, we are still lost and under God's judgment. Isaiah 53, 11 and 12 makes it clear that he did. So let's read that those two verses. And once again, from the New English Translation. Having suffered, he will reflect on his work. He will be satisfied when he understands what he has done. My servant will acquit many, for he carried Sabal their sins. So I will assign him a portion with the multitudes. He will divide the spoils of victory with the powerful because he willingly submitted to death and was numbered with the rebels when he lifted up Nasa, the sin of many, and intervened on behalf of the rebels. Here we see above that the Hebrew words Sabal and Nasa, which are used to describe what Jesus did with our pains and sicknesses, 
are also used to show us what he did with our sins. The logic is inescapable. If we are forgiven by his carrying our sins, then we are healed by his carrying our sicknesses and pains. If he did not carry our sicknesses and pains, he did not carry our sins. All Bible-believing Christians unequivocally adhere to the latter. Therefore, all should also believe in the former, whether or not we have personally experienced physical healing. To prove that this is the proper interpretation of the Hebrew, the Holy Spirit provided us with a confirmation in the Gospel of Matthew. Let me read from Matthew 8, 16 and 17, this time from the New Living Translation. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This confirmed the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. The reason many find it easier to believe in forgiveness than in physical healing is because forgiveness is for us largely a subjective experience, the reality of which will be confirmed experientially when we stand before God in judgment. At that point, we will know beyond a shadow of a doubt whether or not the gospel is true and we were completely forgiven for our sins by what Christ did for us. Healing, on the other hand, requires us to experience it in the presence, present, which tests our faith immediately instead of putting it off until the indefinite future. We should not back away from the trial of faith that physical healing demands. Both forgiveness and healing are part of the atonement. Both are real. Both can be our experience. In fact, healing confirms the truth of forgiveness according to Jesus. Let me read Matthew 9, 5 through 8, again from the New Living Translation. Is it easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and walk? So, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. When Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. Fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen. And they praised God for sending a man with such great authority. Isn't it time for us to abandon our unbelief and embrace the truth of physical healing through the atonement? Isn't it time for our experience to rise to the level of biblical truth instead of lowering the bar to match our experience? Yes, it is.